you have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. It's us. We're back. It's been a fortnight. Two weeks for you, Americans. You don't use the word fortnight, do you? Uh, Chris, I'm going to say that because we have a listener called Chris who um, keeps saying that he wants a shout out. So there it was, Chris. Well done, mate. He's just going to say his name. That's his greeting. Chris. That's what he gets. Chris. Hello, Max. I'm Jesse. Hello, Jesse. I'm Max. Yay. Yay. Welcome Um, to the God Till Five Wrestling Podcast. Oh, he's off. He's he's, he's ready to go. He's raring to go. Um, Slightly new show format. If you listened to us before, if you haven't listened to us before, you don't really give a shit. Um, We're just going to be talking about top fives. No wrestling news this week. Yeah, we just want this to be a standalone um, standalone show, so you can listen to this at any point, so that if you listen to this in like years to come, you won't be like, I don't care about you talking about that, because I remember that happening, and it was shit. Exactly. So, yeah, let's just talk about our favourite stuff, and it's all good. But, you know, that aside, happy WrestleMania week, Max. Shush, shush. It's not happening. Sorry, this could be any time. This is, it could be any WrestleMania. Happy next WrestleMania. Well, they're not numbered anymore, are they? Vince doesn't like numbering them, so I just feel like I'm in a void. Every year, I'm in a void of um, despondency and sadness. I got lost. I didn't know what number it was. But yes, obviously, WrestleMania's this weekend. We're not going to discuss what's going on. But if you want to hear our opinions, because you value them so much, this time next week, uh, well, I say this time next week, you're listening randomly, so that doesn't make sense. Next Thursday, we will be on that podcast. We're returning to where we won our first ever award as guest of the year where we'll oh, yeah. be talking all things wrestlemania so if you if you crave our opinion that much you can tune in and listen on to that show with the lovely man steve, steve. who sounds like brett the hitman harp so that's worth tuning in for alone yes he does um things we don't have to talk about wrestling let's talk about you jesse how are you I'm tired. I've just woken up from the most delightful nap. Um, <laughs> I've slept for about an hour. Um, I'm good. I'm currently going a bit mad because I'm drumming in a musical version of Sister Act. Um, but do. I don't even, I don't need to plug it because it's all sold out. So, um, so screw you world. How but do yeah, you I'm doing even like get a gig to drum for Sister Act? Um, you, um, whore yourself. You turn up, yeah, you buy a nun outfit that doubles as a stripper <laughs> outfit and just keep turning up and playfully removing it until they say, what can we do to make you leave? And then you go, I'd like to drum in this musical, please. And um, and that's what's happening. But uh, yeah, it's good. It will be great. Um, well, I'm looking forward to the first show being over because then I'll know I can actually do it. And um, yeah, just all in all, a little bit scary. I've never done musical theatre before but it's very masculine and i feel um like a butch man it's all big eyes and showmanship and yeah well i'm only i'm only, I'm only in the pit playing music so i don't no, no, to no. do too much i want you full oh, okay theatre makeup jazzy shall i wear you know um so like my back will be to the audience for most of it because that's how it works when you're in the band in the pit so shall I wear like one of those half costumes where like it's a nun at the front, but like a whore at the back, you know, like those <laughs> um, Halloween costumes. So the, the, the audience can just see like my sexy lingerie bottom. 
I've, I, are you planning to stand and drum, or is there like a big crescendo think, and you're just going to flash? I think if um, I think if I'm wearing lingerie, I'm going to ensure that it is seen by someone. I've just got that pop in me. Um, but enough about me. Um, how are you, Max? Oh, I'm you... wonderful. I'm 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 not cross dressing this week, surprisingly. Um, well, you know, it's nice to have a role reversal for once. <laughs> it's nice to mix things up a little bit, isn't it? Um, yeah. No, I'm good. Um, am, am I allowed to talk about Fight Club this weekend? Is that within the rules? Or uh, Yeah, we can still do that if it made you happy, mate. It... I think people like listening to um, just moments of joy in our lives. It's true. Well, uh, obviously, Fight Club, the uh, Dream Tag Team Invitational was this weekend, and they put on another amazing show, sold out the NEC on the final night, and it was just wow. ridiculous. It was... An awesome event to be a part of. Um, first night in Wolves was incredible. Uh, I got to meet Phoenix. I was very happy to meet Phoenix. Lovely oh, was that guy. the picture you tweeted? It was, yeah. Yeah, I got nice. to have a chat with him. Um, he, he went into far too much detail because uh, Pentagon had to pull out sick. So I went over to him. I was like, "Oh, how how's Penta doing?" He went, "Oh, not good, not good. He was, <laughs> he was, he was, he couldn't fly." And he just went to. I'm not going to go into the graphic details of what was wrong with him, but. Let's just say he he could not have walked onto a plane. Oh dear! Yeah, is it toilet related? It is. It is. Oh dear! Yeah. So uh, all the best, Penta. Hope you feel better. Yeah, get well soon, Penta. <laughs> Penta. But I hope yeah. It was so weird because he just had no one talking to him. So I was like, I'm gonna have a chat with Phoenix, and oh. I bought a T-shirt from him, and it smelled of fish. <laughs> I know. I put it on That's the next weird. day, and I was like, this smells like fish. <laughs> What's he been doing to his t-shirt? Smuggling fishing. That's weird. Yeah. Well, he's got beautiful eyes. That's one thing I noticed from that picture of you two together. He's got very gentle, effeminate eyes of a Mexican. Very good handshake as well. It was like, you know when you have a handshake that's um, soft, but masculine? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's like I don't need to, I don't need to be hard with this because uh, you could tell by my charisma that I'm a masculine man. Yeah, yeah, so that sort of thing. I really enjoyed it. It it made me very happy. So the handshake. Yeah, yeah, the handshake and his deep loving eyes. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, they are nice. Um, yeah, he um, he's got the same eyes as Rey Mysterio. That's what I thought. What if they're the same person? Well, we just don't know, we do we? We just don't know anymore. They're all in masks. It's mental. So, yeah, that was my weekend. And uh, I've just been recovering from that for the past couple of days because I'm old now and it takes me a while. Yes. Yeah, I feel exactly the same right now. I'm just sitting on my Well, sofa. you're an idiot and you went out drinking last night on a school night. So that's your own fault. Yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm a theatre guy now, Max. You've been doing it like two weeks. <laughs> I'm theatre now, darling. I'm theatre now, and we go out and we drink on school nights, and then get through the next day shivering and self-loathing. It's <laughs> good. I recommend it. Yeah, you're really uh, good. That. That's happened. Excellent. Hey, now that these are standalone and that, uh, does that mean we're not doing predictions of pay-per-views anymore? Um, I guess technically not. Oh well, bye then. Bye. <laughs> That's the end of that. that ends that segment. We need, we need, we need yeah. more stuff. Um, I don't like that because technically you're winning on the predictions. So, well, there we go. So I'll forever win. Fuck. No, I don't like that. We'll come to an He's agreement. A <laughs> okay. We'll come to an agreement later. Um, also, uh, hello, listeners. How are you? Hello. Oh yeah, there, there. <laughs> it's not like you and me talk every day. <laughs> Bobby was saying that when she was um, it was last night actually uh, when we were messaging and I was out she was like just explaining to everyone that we tell each other everything we're doing every day 
like the most it's like oh yeah i'm on the toilet now now i'm scratching my face like we just keep each other clued in no with word of everything we're up to yeah. constantly because <laughs> i haven't actually seen you in person since january but no it feels like i've seen you every single goddamn day yeah, there's been a lot of that, especially since I've been playing Stardew Valley. Jesus Christ. Oh, that's true. If anyone out there um, likes farming games <laughs> and um, hasn't played Stardew Valley, you should definitely play it on the PC or the Switch or whatever. I played it on the Switch. It's awesome. And I've made my own farm, and I keep sending Max pictures of the totty that I am trying to bang around the town. Most people play that game good. for, like, you know, advancing their farms. Jesse just wants to bang every girl in that village. I just want to bang those bitches. I don't blame you. Um, yeah, listeners, by the way, hello. And um, thank you for listening to last bi-week's episode, our WrestleMania Hidden Gems. Exciting news out of the gate. We normally rattle off all of the different links and stuff that you can find us at, but now there's a swanky new website you can go to. An official website of us. We o fish now, babe. So um, go to... <laughs> like Phoenix's t-shirts. Yeah. O-fish. O-fish, babe. Uh, go to <laughs> www.gottill5.com. You should know how to spell it by now. It's everywhere. And um, Is that five the, is that five the word? Five the number? word. We're not children. No. Got till five. We are not children. Words. And on there, you'll find links to where you can stream or subscribe or download the podcast. You'll also have all of our social media links and all the places to contact us. So now I just get to yell this like 20 times. www.gottill5.com Nice. And iTunes. That's the most important one. It's all right. It's linked, um, baby. We don't have to do that. It's linked. It's all linked. That's, a, that's brilliant, that's right? It. It's 2018. We're taking over the world with one podcast, with um, one website. Um, suck your mouth. What's that website again, Jesse? <laughs> Gottill5.com. Boom. Don't even need the www dot anymore, do you, granddad? No one needs that. <laughs> Open up your internet explorer. <laughs> HTTP. S. Colon forward slash forward slash. Oh, yeah, and the S. Shit. Ah. Too bad. God. Anyway, this week's top five is obviously still WrestleMania themed because may or may not be around WrestleMania time. You'll never know because we haven't dated this. Um, we're looking at top five WrestleMania matches. Now I know what you're going to say. Oh my God, it's going to be Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat and all of this. No, fuck off. We're doing what we think are our favorite WrestleMania matches. They might not even be good matches. They're just ones that we enjoy and love to watch. Just so, well, just before we came on air, you were saying you initially tried to be all clever with it. It's like, this is a good match because, but, um, I'm glad that you abandoned that because I think it's just visceral reaction. Just like, you know, when you just think about it and you go, Oh, yeah, that is my favorite match. Yeah. And it's, and yeah, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be a particularly great match for everyone, but if, um, you like it, you like it's, it. And I respect exactly. it. Exactly. But part of the ruling is that, uh, so, Two weeks ago, we did our top five hidden gem matches. These are the matches that were like not necessarily known in, in WrestleMania lore or legacy, uh, but we really enjoyed them or, or people really liked them. Then Jesse at the end of the podcast made a stupid ruling that uh, we can't include any of those in this week's podcast. Well, what's the point in talking about the same matches on the next show? What stupid I know, thing to I do? know it makes sense, but it m- it's not my fault. It's not my fault you spaffed your load uh, early. <laughs> Every fucking time. so so i i foolishly picked edge and undertaker which is one of my favorite wrestlemania matches uh which i'm not allowed to talk about in this uh in this in this podcast so i'm just gonna be bitter just gonna be bitter the whole time by the way uh, 
bit unrelated. Whenever you talk about spaffing or coming and you oh that noise. Um, whose face do you always picture in your head? What? Well, because when when I hear the sort of the sort of jizz noise, for some reason I always pick Eric Bischoff. <laughs> <laughs> His face always appears in my, in my head, and it's I could just imagine him like sort of when he ejaculates like his black floppy fringe that he had like just sort of swaying you know like, just flicking <laughs> on his head <laughs> going, uh, uh. i am and so then, concerned um, that you picture ex-general managers on top of you flicking their hair out of it yeah um uh, yeah i don't know why i don't know why that's the image that comes into my head whenever um, i must have had like a perverse dream or something that subliminally stayed in my head these sex dreams brought to you by jesse burns at got till five <laughs> Ah, the bish. The bish. So, um, without further ado, are we going to dive in? Um, You've got the... And then we we hear from that lot, don't we? Oh, they got to a five university. I haven't shut up this week. Yeah. So, um, cool. So, you've got all that, haven't you? Because my computer's fucked. So, you can can read all them after we've done our bit. I can do that. I got the Twitterverse. I got the Thingiverse. I got it all. Got it all. Oh, thank you to all our new uh, Twitter followers. We've uh, surpassed the 1200 mark now. That's crazy shit. Very much That's appreciated. We were all so excited about a thousand, and now we're over a quarter of the way to two thousand. Yeah, it's crazy. Fuck a thousand. Yeah, a thousand's nothing. A thousand's peanuts, man. That was easy. Did that in six months. Not a problem. <sighs> right, top five time, shall we? I love that we still managed to talk for fifteen minutes about absolutely nothing. I know it's ridiculous. We've lost those extra two hundred list people that have started following on Twitter already. <laughs> this was our hope uh, that we'd get like more listeners so they could just dive into wrestling, but not going to happen. <laughs> so, I mean, is it, have we been talking for fifteen minutes? Because yeah. I can't. If you put a gun to my head now and said, "What have you just talked about for the last fifteen minutes?" I wouldn't be able to tell you. Eric Bischoff coming <laughs> on your face. Oh yeah, that was that. Yeah, that's uh, that's always there. Um, <laughs> cool. Okay, so drop time is it? Yeah, uh, let's let's drop it, as they say. Bada boom! Oh no, you can't do that now. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Are you ready? Oh hell yeah! You fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? That's that'll be the lead in. Well done. Welcome to the official start of the top five, where we look at the best WrestleMania matches according to Max and Jesse. No one else's opinion matters. No, just us. And uh, I think. I think we're going to have a couple of crossovers. Really? But, I disagree. Um, be some ones. You don't think we're going to have a single crossover? I think... Oh, hang on. Oh. Hang on. Oh. Maybe two? Two. Um, I, I'm i going to go with two as well. Now, before I get ahead of myself, because I always do every single week, what, dear boy, is oh, yeah. our drop if we have a crossover? Um... Um... <laughs> Uh, why do I always have to come up with them? You come up with you're them. You're quite creative. Because we are... are... <laughs> what, did you, what did you just say? <laughs> you're quite a... No, you're creative. You're a very creative person. Oh, creative. Thank you. I like how that sort of fell out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you're creative. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I felt wrong to say it. 
Did Justin Roberts, you know, the best, one of the best announcers ever say, like, WrestleMania? Oh, he's bound to. Oh, what about Vince? um... What about if we just do traditional Vince McMahon saying the word WrestleMania from WrestleMania 1? Okay, or like the, welcome everyone! Yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay, so let's just do, welcome everyone! Okay, just, just that, you just want that. I just want that. Okay, so if me and Jesse have a crossover, that drop's going to play in the middle so that we don't end up just sitting, <laughs> seething that he's picked my number one or something. And, uh, <laughs> and I've just dicked it out as my number five. Yeah, and then we get to talk about just it. Drop kicked it out. Which, yeah, which is my cool. concern. So, top five favourite WrestleMania matches. Jesse Benz, what's your fifth favourite WrestleMania match of all time? And before we start, Jesse's being an arrogant little fuck this evening. Why? Why am I doing that? You haven't even written anything down. Oh god, I've written nothing down here. Is... Well, my computer's broken, so what I normally do is I type my um, top five at work and then email it to myself and then have it up at home. But um, that's not ha- happening because I haven't got a computer here right now, so I'm currently doing this on my phone Spitballing. like a bloody tramp. And um, yeah, so I've just got it all in my head. So let's see what happens. You on your phone uh, right mine... now? Yeah, I'm on oh, my phone. Quality's quite good. Well done. That's good. Yeah, I'm speaking on it like like you, we used to in the old days, you know, when you hold it up to your ear and speak. <laughs> um, so my number five is um, relatively recent. It's from WrestleMania 31. It was the main event. It was Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Intriguing, intriguing start. I didn't realise how much I enjoyed this match um, until I rewatched it um, last night. It was actually, and. Um, it's brilliant. Like the fact that Seth Rollins cashes in and turns it into a triple threat is some of the best booking that WE have done in recent years. It was just such a good idea. Um, no one wanted Roman to win. Um, Brock winning, they would rather that than Roman, but no one really wanted that either. And, um, so bringing Seth in who had previously, who had lost to Randy Orton the same night opened up so much booking. He had Roman, he had Brock, he had Randy, just so many programs that Seth could go into. And it led to a good um, a good run for Seth Rollins, I think, until he got injured. It was a really good, fun WWE title run. But um, the actual match, um, even before Seth comes in, is just... It's like a new Japan... It's like a Shibata match or something. It's just like strong style. Lesnar just fucks Roman up. And to Roman's credit, he takes it. And he keeps doing those spots where he's like laughing to himself. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. So like he'll he'll take like a really stiff clothesline or a bunch of Germans or whatever, um, and then just laugh to himself. Which I was listening to Jericho's podcast, and he was talking to Edge about that match. And Edge said, which I thought was interesting. He said, "Yeah, I loved that. That was definitely um, that was definitely an Arn Anderson spot, as in like Arn Anderson is." definitely the one that came up with that idea and told Roman to do that, which I thought was really interesting that wrestlers can sort of pick and know what agent would have come up with what, yeah, if you know yeah. what I mean. Like, um, I think that's really cool and intriguing. But um, but I just, I just thought the match was great. Wasn't expecting it to be um, no. at all. And it, it was great. It uh, Mania 31 was all outside in the daytime, beautiful weather, just got dark for this match so had a real main event feel about yeah, it definitely. for that uh brock wore his big match beanie which i always appreciate when he comes <laughs> out to the ring um 
And the crowds were just on fire. The, the Mania 31 crowd were fantastic all night. They would just had so much energy. I think, and they were so into Brock Lesnar, just destroyed Roman Reigns. I think that's what made that Mania so good. The crowd really were just, just on it the whole time. And normally mm. you kind of die out by that point. But they, yeah, just non-stop. And I get completely what you mean. It was just like... It was light for every other single match except for this one, where the lights came down and uh, it was just beautiful. It was really well done. Yeah. And uh, the lighting, I think it was very golden red was the lighting theme and it was just really well done. And you're right, like, I'm not a massive Lesnar fan, but I thought that match showcased their strengths brilliantly. And they were very smart yeah. with what they were doing when, like, Roman started to make the comeback and he started hitting spears and Superman punches. You could just hear the crowd groaning and you're like, oh, God. And then yeah. that Seth Cashin, when that music hit and that crowd just came unglued. It was brilliant. We watched it live together. We did. We, we did. And um, we were just so... Do you remember how wired we were when that show ended? Yes. Like, all of us were just so awake. And we're in England, right? So, like, this is like, what, six, seven in the morning or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And we're just like pumped. We're like, that was the best ending of WrestleMania ever. Compare that to, like years 32 and 33 where we were just struggling to stay awake weren't we and just like we talking through the main almost events, dropping yeah. off we were going to sleep yeah. on them yeah exactly but 31 was it, we couldn't have felt more opposite it was just we were just into it it was great and one of my favorite crowd signs is um in this match as well when roman is doing his entrance someone has a sign that says Roman is a wank peasant, which <laughs> has always stuck with me <laughs> i really like that sign. i mean what does that even mean <laughs> I don't know, but I'm so proud of whoever did it. Uh, they must be British. Oh, yeah. Using the word wank pheasant. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly uh, British. <laughs> that kind of creativity. <laughs> I love that person so much. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, I, I always shit on Brock and stuff, but that, that is one of my favorite Brock matches. Um, and I, I just think it, it, it capped off a really great WrestleMania. WrestleMania 31 is honestly one of my favorite manias. I don't know if it was like our first big get together of doing it. And we had like all the betting sheets or it was such an underwhelming card going into it. And then it just surpassed expectation. I don't know what it was, but I, I just love it. I really love it. It was great. Yeah. There wasn't one match I didn't enjoy on that card. And even though I wouldn't necessarily go back and watch some of them now, but um, in the moment, watching it live, it was just a great show, top to bottom. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Solid, solid start there, Jesse Benz. Thanks, mate. Welcome, bud. So, my top five, I don't think I can talk about too much because it was actually in your list by week, but you didn't say anything about that. Just said I couldn't talk about my own ones. So fuck you. Oh no, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You can do that. Um, I mean, I mean, you're stealing my content, but that's fine. Content. I don't mind. <laughs> you're such an arrogant prick. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, WrestleMania 19, The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, was this in my list? Pretty last, sure it was. Last time was it? Yeah, I think I, I think, think, it, I think right. it was. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so, out of their trilogy of WrestleMania matches, as good as WrestleMania 17 is, the ending kind of tarnishes WrestleMania 17. That's all you really kind of remember. The match is really good up yeah. until that point, uh, but that's like your takeaway, your go home moment. WrestleMania 19 is just a great match. It's it's an end of an era. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin's last match. It's Rock's last full-time kind of run in the company. It's, you know, two of the greatest wrestlers and entertainers to ever be in the business. Just bowing out in the mid-card was um, 
just phenomenal. Just and and the build up we we've spoken about it before, where if you haven't seen the documentary, the Mania of WrestleMania, I think it's called. Yeah, it's on the extras of the WrestleMania twenty. Yes, think? so it documents Stone Cold's health issues and how he was in hospital the night before. Apparently, everyone was dying before WrestleMania nineteen. That's a panic attack. Oh Jesus! Yeah, everyone was. So Kurt Angle's neck was being held on by a thread. Yeah. Lesnar ends up diving onto his face. Um, <laughs> Booker T gets racially oppressed. <laughs> Everyone gets set it back a good twenty mad, years. Yeah. yeah, it's mad. Yeah. And then going into this, because the the promo build up for this match is it's good, but it wasn't. And if like it was literally just put them in. I imagine Austin was like, "This is my last match. I want to fight the Rock." And then it, I think you'll forget you're forgetting the most important bit in the build up, which is when. Um, Stone Cold comes out to distract the rock and the hurricane goes over the rock. Yes. Gets the one clean one, two, three on the rock by rolling him up. Yes, definitely. Who had a kind of a run of beating like Triple H and the rock and it was amazing. Amazing time. <laughs> to be a hurricane. It. To be a hurricane fan. Yes. Um, and the promo was just fun. Like the rock delivering the Stone Cold stunner because rock being heel and Austin being face and. I don't know why it always stuck with me, but when Rock stuns Austin and then he opens a beer and he flips him off and he turns the beer and it dro- drips out, as a kid yeah. I was like, "Oh, he likes his beer. That'll annoy him that well. <laughs> He's going to lick it off the mat. <laughs> no, my beer. Deborah! <laughs> Deborah! Where's my beer? Beer, so, Deborah. Beer, Deborah. Um, so the build-up was, was good and you had the Rock concert and... It was just great. And then leading into the match, no one knew this was Austin's last match. He didn't make a no. big single dance of it. He didn't do anything. How ridiculous is that, right? So he knew it was his last match, obviously. JR knew it was his last match, and you can, last match. JR knew it was his last match, and you can tell because he's calling his, um, man boobs off. But, um, uh, Stone Cold in interviews since has gone, well, I, I just didn't tell him it was a last match because who the hell cares? And it's like, <laughs> what? Like, you're like the most. You're like the most successful professional wrestler, that, arguably the most popular professional wrestler of all time. Yeah. And you, and you don't tell anyone because you think no one would care. Can you imagine the buy rates and the money that this mania would have done if it had been billed as Austin's final match? Yeah, exactly. It was... I, I don't get how he got away with them not promoting it in any way. It's, it's well, no, because he, he didn't tell anyone. No, not even Vince and that knew. Like, literally, JR was the only one that knew. Uh, and the commentary, you can always tell in the commentary, as you say, because he is just, he's going for it. And also, oh, yeah. King starts to really piss JR off. And you can yeah. tell JR's like, this is my friend's last match. Shut, shut up. Just shut up. Yeah. My it, bay. In my bay. And, um, I was watching, because whenever I pick a match, I always go back and watch the highlights so I can kind of remember it. I always forget how long The Rock is wearing Stone Cold Steve Austin's jacket for. I was about to bring that up, and it's my one criticism of this match is that he wears it just that little bit too long. Like the sort of the the effect of it wears off, and you're mm. like, okay, just take it off now, mate. You look a dick. Because he does the um, people's elbow, and I thought that would be the time to take it off and spit on it. But no, he does the people's elbow in a jacket, <laughs> and then he does the second people's elbow where he takes the jacket off, and I was like, that's just weird. So you're right. Yeah. That's like the one main criticism. Um, yeah. But three rock bottoms in that final one where he pauses. And he just kind of takes it in and then slams him down as hard as he can for the free count. Yeah. Just, just brilliant. I, I, I just think that like the story they told in that match was just fun. It was just a good solid match. 
I also like in the main year of WrestleMania, they talk it. So after the finish, um, The Rock sits next to Stone Cold and pushes Earl Hebner away and whispers stuff to Stone Cold, right? And, um, and then you see them interviewed in the main year of WrestleMania and The Rock goes, yeah, I think it's, um, secret. What we were saying to each other, it's, um, between him and me. I'd like to keep it to ourselves. Then it immediately cuts to us too. Doesn't give a fuck. And he's like, yeah, The Rock was just telling me that he loves me and he appreciates me. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, maybe The Rock should have let you know that you wanted to keep that a secret, mate. First. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. But I think that was like the first moment where we, as a viewing audience, went, okay, this is a bit weird because Rock was like pure heel at this point. He was, you know. With the best entrance in wrestling. Yes, yes. Heel Rock's entrance was awesome i loved that shit with the um yes oh it's so cool with the helicopter going over hollywood and everything and it then just drags sort of it out slow re echoey slow remix of his music it's just so fucking cool and yeah uh, he just walks out like he's the biggest dick in the room i love it yeah I absolutely love oh, it amazing one more thing i love about this match um is um so, you know, in the interview, like, well, basically the storyline of this match is that The Rock has faced Stone Cold twice previous at WrestleMania and never beaten him. So he's like, he's doing that interview with Coach earlier on in the show and he's like, yes. it consumes me. It's all I think about um, and puts it across, you know, that it, he's absolutely obsessed with it. And then within the first two minutes of the match, um, Stone Cold um, throws Rock out the ring. And The Rock takes powder. He's just like, no, fuck this. It starts leaving. It's like, after all the build-up, he would have just taken a count-out loss like that after like, how passionate he was about beating Stone Cold. Uh, that, um, you, when he speaks to Coachman before the match, that throwaway promo that he does is one of my... I have that promo burned in my head. But like act one he, and act two? They don't, they don't matter. The only one that matters. Everyone remembers. Act three. Is act three. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know win. why. It just, it's there. It's always there. But yeah. Great match. Um, perfect kind of swan song moment for Stone Cold and The Rock. In all honesty, that was his, that was his end as well, really. I know he came yeah, back and wrestled, but that was his end of his full timer. So yeah, great. He wrestled, he wrestled at 20 with uh, Mick Foley against Evolution. Do you remember? But he, um, had a goatee and I never, um, thought of goatee rock as the real rock no it was an imposter rock it was stunt double rock definitely yeah yeah um so that's my number five very good well done you thank you that was genuine <laughs> yeah it was that's no, nice because i like talking about it too because i love it also um 19 in general what a great mania a uh, really underrated mania um my number four is um in my opinion the second greatest pay-per-view opener of all time mm -hmm. and certainly obviously the best um, wrestlemania opener of all time it's from wrestlemania 10 and it's bret hart versus owen oh in my list but didn't quite make it into the final five ah really yes this match is brilliant and yes. it was my first exposure to owen hart as well and how brilliant he was and because, I mean, like, Brett's awesome. We all know that. He was in the main event for years. But Owen, everyone knows Owen's great. And a part of you does sometimes think, eh, you're just saying that because he died. But um, when you actually watch this match, it's like, Jesus, like, these two were just on a different level, especially for the time. 100%. And Owen wins, which is really unexpected as well, because Brett's already in the main event that night and ends up going on to win the WWE title in the main event of WrestleMania 10. Yeah. But... But he'd been beaten by Owen, first thing, at the same night. Um, 
great match. Um, Owens plays fantastic heel, but doesn't cheat, doesn't do anything dastardly in the match. Beats his brother fair and square. Uh, the chain wrestling is brilliant. Just they just obviously they know each other very well, and the, the chemistry they had was just stunning. And the the only thing that um, ruins this match slightly for me is um, Owen Hart gets a bit of cotton mouth towards the end of the match and has this horrible like white <laughs> bit of um, like fault. on his face, and um, it looks pretty gross. And then cam- uh, cameras catch up with him straight after the match and give him a quick interview where he's like, "I'm the best Hart now," and it's still there, and it, the camera's right in his face. And it's gross, but other than that, um, just just a great match. And like I said, second best opener in wrestling of all time and best WrestleMania opener of all time. I love that that's your criticism, Cotton Mouth. <laughs> After putting on Just a wrestling some... technical classic, Cotton Mouth. Yeah, yeah. But great, Mike. Uh, hey, have you noticed? Uh, sort of unrelated. <laughs> so it seems like every 10 years, Vince rewards a workhorse. Yes. So like Mania 10, Bret Hart goes over in the main event. 20, Benoit goes over. 30, Daniel Bryan goes over. Yeah. And it like just people that are really against the grain of what Vince typically goes for. But it's like, he's just like every 10 years, he's like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, go on then. You've earned it. And then come in the big boys for the next like five years. Yeah, exactly. Who would be, who, if you had to predict now, who would be WrestleMania 40? WrestleMania 40? Yeah. What's this? What's that? Six years away. Six Um, Six years away. I reckon um, Neville. Really? Yeah. He is definitely just going to set out his contract, isn't he? I don't know. I reckon, I reckon um, he's going to come back on the Raw after Mania. That would be pretty huge. Um, I would have to say Gargano. That's a very that, that's that's a much better shout than mine, actually. Gargano is um, is that mould through and through, isn't he? Yeah. Com- Except um, I would argue that unlike um, Brian and Benoit, um, I think Brett had it, but unlike Brian and Benoit, I think there's a certain sex appeal with Gargano as well. Like he's a good-looking dude, and the ladies like him. That's true. Yes, the ladies like him, which is good. <laughs> uh, not that the ladies didn't like Benoit, and um, and uh, well, the ladies better stay away from Benoit, but Brian as well. Um, but not in that sort of sexual it's way. It's true. Not the same magnetism. No, anyway. not at all. Anyway, uh, yes, fantastic main event. Uh, f- sorry, fantastic opening match. Opener, opener, yeah. yeah. And you're right. It's I watched that match like ten years after it actually aired, and yeah, not because I knew that the match was good. But obviously, you hear about these matches being good, but you don't know the outcome. When when Owen wins that match, I jumped out of my seat. I was like, yes, yeah. Like, it's it still got me that many years later. It was amazing. And it feels so ri- like so. Owen basically wins by um, uh, so. Uh, what happens? So Brett sort of tries to sunset flip Owen, doesn't he? Yeah. But Owen catches Brett halfway in the sunset flip and manages to get the pin out of it. And you can totally see like how, like just sort of this silly mistake by Brett, and he sells it so oh, well. His facial expression, just, you know, one mistake I just slipped up. Yeah, yeah. When they zoom in, and his mouth's just like, what? What did I? Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, so so good. Um, yeah, what's your favourite Mania opener of all time? <sighs> to be boring, I might have to even agree with you that this one is extremely good. Um, yeah. I always loved Matt Hardy, Rey Mysterio from WrestleMania 19. Yeah, that was a good opener. That's, that's always a solid one. Um, Eddie Ray at 21. Eddie Ray at was 21. A really good opener. That was a very good one. 
Uh, what opened 20? 20 was... Ooh, good question. Um, what did open 20? Oh, oh, big, oh God, it was Cena, Cena Big, big show. show. Cena Big Show. For the US title. Yeah. That was it. Even that was pretty fun. That was a good opener. Yeah, that was... that was God, watching that now, seeing Cena in Madison Square Garden doing the hip-hop stuff, just being so over with the crowd. The crowd cannot get enough. New York crowd in Madison Square Garden cannot get enough of John Cena. That well, the thing I find so weird is John Cena's biggest pops, we mentioned WrestleMania, and then his return at the 2008 Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah. Like, the crowd just lost it. And, like, yeah. he was in low Cena wins moment, but everyone was just so shocked. Uh, and it was a genuine moment of, like, no one expected Cena to be back after that injury. That was like, this is amazing. And then he started to win, and everyone went, oh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> I remember you. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, yeah. Great. Good, good four. Right. Thank you. Okay. Um, my number four comes from WrestleMania 20. Don't worry. Nice. Don't worry. You're, I know you're getting panicked right now. No, it's cool. It's cool. I'm chill. I can, I can handle anything you throw at me. <laughs> um, for the championship, Kurt Angle Ooh. versus Eddie Guerrero. WrestleMania Fantastic 20. match brilliant match i always I, was this kurt angle's last wrestlemania no he wrestled Shawn michaels yes, the year yes, after he did. you're right and um and then the year after that he was in the triple you're threat right. with ray and all i don't know how i forgot that but yeah. great match between these two um i always forget because kurt is such a championship material i always forget that eddie's going into this match as champion and eddie is leaving yes. this match as champion yeah, it was really, it felt really strange to watch someone retain the WWE title at Mania back then, didn't yes, it? Yes, but I thought like Eddie was going to get it and, you know, they were going to take it off him at Mania, give it to Kurt, it was a nice run, there you go. But no, they, they saw what they had in Eddie and they kept with it, which was fantastic. And that match in general, the build-up was obviously... Kurt Angle thinking that Eddie was not good enough to be WWE champion because he's a former drug addict, and then Eddie trying to prove himself that he deserves to be on top, which, you know, pretty basic, but a good little storyline to have. And it just showcases how good Eddie was and how good Kurt is as well. Well, there, but again, like, as is Kurt's way, um, he was wrestling with his neck, like, about to fall off, and still just. I mean, he, you know, he's a madman. Like, no one but Kurt Angle could be Kurt Angle. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one else would wrestle through that amount of pain. No. And and it's good that he did because we got some amazing matches out of it. But he's obviously a sort of quivering wreck nowadays. <laughs> and I'm very interested to see what he's going to do um, this Sunday. Yes. But, um, but he, um, yeah, back, back then he was like, he, was, he would almost bump really hard on his neck to sort of prove to everyone that it was fine even though he was slowly killing yeah, himself yeah he was going to like the top rope and Eddie was pushing him off and the way the way Angle used to bump from the top rope it was it was safe but it always just made me cringe because it was always just pure shoulders and he'd take it with such yeah. a force when he'd go down and he'd just lie there with his hand twitching because <laughs> you know that he's losing feeling in his arm because of his neck oh, and then I always think this is quite you know like there's those iconic shots of Wrestlemania I, I don't know if it's because you had the poster on your wall for so many years, but when Eddie's hitting mm. the frog splash from, from the yeah. far corner onto Kurt Angle with the WrestleMania sign to the left, I feel like that's such an iconic image of WrestleMania. Yeah, that, 
that was a great poster. That was a split poster, wasn't it? So it had that image, and it also had Benoit diving off the top rope, um, doing a diving headbutt on Shawn Michaels from the same Mania. Um, yeah, that was yeah. a poster that came through with Power Slam. Do you remember Power Slam magazine? Who? Oh, Power Slam was great. I loved Power Slam magazine. Yeah, it's a shame that there's not more wrestling magazines, but who buys magazines? Internet age, daddy. Yeah, exactly. It's um, difficult to um, to do, really, isn't it? And um, news is so instantaneous nowadays. You just can't you, keep up. Your, your, your podcasters, you're your killing the industry. Yeah, exactly. It's our fault. Sorry. We're just... No, it's them. It's them for listening. Oh, right. Stop We're, we're just cashing in. Yeah. <laughs> Stop listening, you idiots. We're, we're just cashing in on this bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> no, we love you. Please stay. <laughs> uh, I, I just thought the match that they put together, so it was a lot of technical stuff in, in the middle and then working the ankle and trying to get the tap out. And I, I, I swore it was going to be a tap out. I was like, this is how it's going to end. They sold and that then... on um, the, Eddie and how much his ankle was killing him, like towards the end of that match before that um, boot spot. But, yeah, before the final boot spot where like Eddie's like, and Taz did a great job as well. So Kurt gets the ankle lock one more time and Eddie's just, the frustration he shows that he's in it again. And, um, he kicks Kurt out of the ring and Eddie undoes his laces and Taz is like his foot swelling up, you know, his ankle swelling up from all the pressure and, and the shot of when it, Kurt's been kicked out of the ring. He gets up and it just focuses on him. The camera work the is intensity. amazing. It's great. I think that's like the selling point of this match. They focus on Kurt's face and you can see the intensity in his eyes. Cut straight back to Eddie who's like, oh God, no, no. He, he literally, away. he sits there and staring at Kurt and he, he literally mouths, oh shit. Like just yeah. really clearly just goes, oh shit. Beats him in, Kurt gets in, grabs the ankle, Eddie kicks off his boot, quick roll up, holds the bottom rope for the free count. And Kurt is just livid. Again, another silly mistake like brett's reaction and kurt did it so well of just like ah, oh, i can't believe i fell for this, this the placement stupid. yeah that so that sort of quick power slam into the quick roll up and the way eddie hooks the rope with his feet like yeah. just the ring presence like he was just in the perfect position for that it was amazing mm, completely that that match just showcases i i always say that chris benoit eddie is one of my favorite matches for showing what eddie can do because he vengeance so free Venge- what did i say no, you, you you didn't say a show. I was just checking it was oh, that one. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was that. One. Yeah, Vengeance so free. Eddie does the technical wrestling um, along with his comedy the spots that he does, but I just feel like it works slightly better in that Kurt Angle match. That was a good opener. If we're just talking openers for Eddie shows, um, mm. that Eddie um, Benoit that was the opening match of Vengeance so free. Vengeance so free. What that, a pay per view! That's a great pay per view. That was um, SmackDown, the first ever SmackDown exclusive pay per view. Um, that was the first pay-per-view I bought on Sky Box Office. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, they I, did a hell of a job. It was amazing. Undertaker Cena, fantastic match. Yeah, Undertaker Cena, his best rap he ever did. Uh, <laughs> World's the greatest Barroom... tag team against um, uh, Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman. Yeah. Incredible yeah, match. And he, he does the shooting stuff, the middle, like, dead center of the top rope. He does, yeah. Was, yeah, ridiculous. Uh, the Barroom Brawl, the APA Invitational. Where, yeah, ridiculous. Uh, the Easter Bunny gets smashed with a bottle of Jack Daniels. Yeah. Um, no context. No, the triple threat main event when with Brock, Kurt and Big Show and Kurt had come back way too early from a broken freaking neck to win the title <laughs> back. It's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I might actually rewatch that pay-per-view. Oh, it's great. You know what pay-per-view what? I want to rewatch? Um, no What's Way that? Out 2003. Yes. 
Um, did you see someone on Reddit today was posted about it going like, look no. how stacked this card was. And I was like, yeah, yeah you're, you're right. It was great. That was the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was Rock Hogan 2. I did yeah. a Montreal screw job in Montreal, of course. Yeah. Steiner Triple H, which, um, I know like the quality of Steiner matches at this time weren't particularly great, but I still get some sort of entertainment out of them <laughs> when I watch Steiner matches always. It's, it's true. It's true. So yeah, 2003. Um, uh, no way out. Sorry. Um, the, uh, team angle against Benoit, oh, Lesnar yes. and Edge. Yes. Yeah, because, no, no. No, because um, Edge gets taken out. Edge, that's when he went for next surgery. Yeah, and that storyline was never resolved. No, it never revealed who attacked him, because he showed up on Raw. Like, a year later, yeah. Yeah, weird. Yeah, 2003, amazing pay-per-views. So yes. good. Um, anyway, where where are we? My, Sorry. That was my number four. That was your number four, so we're on my number three now. Um, Do it. Let me just remember with my head. Um, <laughs> you're just going to blurt out a random match. Melina, Alicia Fox. <laughs> Two. Um, uh, oh, I just had it as well. Oh, there it is. Um, so this is from WrestleMania 29. Ooh, okay. It is CM Punk versus The Undertaker. Undertaker's last good match. Undertaker's oh, last good mania match. <laughs> <laughs> and Undertaker's last good Mania match and CM Punk's final Mania match. Um, mm. Greg, stun, stun, oh, one more, sorry, one more thing going back to, um, Angle Eddie. Um, talk, yeah. talking about entrances. I love Angle's entrance on this because, um, Victoria is still shaving Molly Holly's head from the match oh, before yes. at the side. <laughs> Angle just walks out and sort of glances at them like, the fuck, as he's walking down to the ring. But anyway. She properly shaved the bold. Like, yeah, yeah, like, but it took her out. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, but the, the reason I thought of that is because CM Punk's entrance for this match was epic as well. He had um, Living Colour playing his theme tune live um, mm. as he was walking down. Um, they had the urn with Paul Bearer's ashes in. And Heyman came out with Punk and was sort of hold- the way he was holding the urn in front of him. They were so good together, those two. And, um, yeah, just even the entrances are just like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, best Undertaker entrance I've ever seen, I would say. I think his entrance in this match. Which one's that one? There's, there's not even anything that special about it. It's just it's not the, the one with the hands, is it? Um, could be. That... I'm not yeah. sure. Um, but it just had this, like re- it doesn't always translate on telly the undertaker's entrance but this one did and it was like yeah this feels like an event now do you know what i mean like it's a yeah the mood in the room changed and um and also i love it when the um, takers getting into the ring you can see paul Heyman and cm punk at ringside playing catch with the urn <laughs> <laughs> i've missed that <laughs> yeah go back and look for that it's funny um yeah, that's that's brilliant. Um, and just the match. And also, when the dong first happens, Punk... Um, do you remember Punk just screams, like marks out with the rest of the crowd um, yeah. when he's standing in the ring? And part of me, like, there's probably an excitement there that you're wrestling Undertaker at Mania, but sort of knowing Punk, listening to his interviews and stuff, it was like, he was pissed off that he wasn't in the main event. And he was like, I'm, I know I'm going to have the best match on this card. And that's almost what he was screaming out. Do you know what I mean? He yeah. was like, I'm going to show everyone that I should have been in the main event. And this match is going to put everything to shame. And it really did. Just it, amazing match. Just so good. And Heyman adds so much to every match that he's at ringside for. And 
um, just, yeah, stunning. And as you say, uh, Taker's last good Mania match. Um, yeah, although definitely. I did very much enjoy his Hell in a Cell with Brock Lesnar in 2015. Well, that's true. I, I, I forget that he wrestled outside of WrestleMania. So, yeah, I, I meant to say last good WrestleMania match before you go. Just just stop. Just stop. <laughs> um, yeah, the whole build-up to this as well was, like, disgusting on Punk's part. It was it was so well done. Like, obviously, someone Paul Barrow would have been definitely into, but using his real-life death to taunt The Undertaker into a match. It had, like, just happened as well, literally. Like, literally was, a week yeah, ago. Yeah, it was so bad. I, do you remember Heyman dressed up as Paul Bearer at one point? Mm-hmm. That, and, and looked really good, actually. <laughs> it didn't really look like... <laughs> good Halloween costume, yeah. yeah. It was amazing. Fair play to the man. Um, but yeah, this, yeah, such a silly, borderline offensive um, storyline build-up, but Punk being Punk um, made it credible. I, I don't know how Punk did it, because... Um, He's not, I mean, he's, I know he's an MMA fighter now, but he certainly wasn't back then. But he still managed to bring this air of legitimacy to wrestling. I'm not sure how he did it, but he did. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's because he always had that striking ability and he had the whole uh, submission. You knew, you know he could pop out a submission whenever he needed to. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of added to it as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, that's a good spot in this match when he locks in the Anaconda Vice on Undertaker, and Undertaker sits up whilst in the Anaconda yeah. Vice. Do you remember? And yeah. just stares at Punk like with the submission. I always have locked that. In. Like that's one of my favorite pictures. Like whoever framed that's a genius because it's Punk's shocked face and then just Taker's anger. Oh God! Ah. If if Punk hadn't left the company in the way he did this would be one of those WrestleMania moments that's constantly played in highlight packages over and over again, I reckon. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Punk, why did you leave us? I know, I miss him so much. And um, I, I'd i do anything. He he will be back, right? There's no way that he won't be because history dictates that everyone comes back. If If you piss off a McMahon, you come back. Oh, yeah, he needs to win. That's why Jarrett's going into the Hall of Fame. Jarrett made a career from trying to destroy WWE with TNA and various other stuff. So Vince is like, fuck you, you're going to be like, he's, he's making Jeff Jarrett his bitch by putting him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, making him his main kind of attention focus as well. So, yeah. Yeah, oh, disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> I hate it. I kind of uh, like it. I kind of like that Vince is that sort of petty and callous. <laughs> he really is. He really is. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I think this was like one of Punk's best matches that he did at WrestleMania. I, I mentioned the other week, uh, Hidden Gems, him versus Randy Orton. Punk has so many, like, hidden gems at WrestleMania. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And him, the fact Jericho he never made a really good. Yeah, I was about to say, him and Jericho. That was a great little storyline as well with the, the alcohol abuse. I loved it. Yeah. Did you know that, um, they were going to, um, as part of that build-up, Jericho was going to knock CM Punk out and tattoo him for real um, on an episode mm-hmm. of Raw. Tattoo Chris Jericho's... He was just going to put CJ like on Jer- on CM Punk's arm or something and just tattoo it in. How cool was that? That would be um, amazing. Yeah, and Punk was well up for it. He was like, yeah, cool, do it. Just legitimately, they got a guy in to sort of show Jericho how to safely use a tattoo gun and everything. And then I think word got to Vince that some people bleed a bit when they get tattoos and so he immediately went no we can't we're not doing that and nixed it which is a real shame because uh, that would have been an awesome moment that would be remembered i think i i love the concept of hiding moments from vince yeah (laughs) like they just don't tell him like i swear 
he was not at the Royal Rumble where Shinsuke and Asuka won. I, I just, I yeah, guarantee right. he was not there because like I watched the WE24 about the women's revolution. He's not seen in any of the backstage stuff. No, maybe reckon... he went to march out again, but tore his quads again, but didn't get out in time <laughs> this time. He was like, sitting in the no, back. <laughs> no, <laughs> not them. <laughs> Women main eventing now. <laughs> Why is SmackDown's number one announcer won the Royal Rumble? <laughs> Oh, Funaki jokes never get old. Never. Yeah. Um, so actually, I will go back and watch that Punk Undertaker match because it's it's unfortunately a lot of Punk matches at WrestleMania I do end up forgetting. But when I go back and watch them, I go, "Holy shit, that was like match of the night." Yeah. Um, there was another one I was thinking of the other day. Punk had a great match with someone else, and I can't remember who it was. What other matches has Punk had at Mania? Um, so Jericho, Orton, both good matches. Taker, obviously. Yeah. Um, there, there was another one-on-one that he had that was really good, and I just, I just can't remember who it was with. Yeah, I'm blanking on that now. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Listeners, you'll never know. <laughs> no, it was good though. Email in. Go to the website www.gotill5.com. Dot com. Yay! Yay! Um, my number three match is um, a guilty pleasure match of mine. Something I wasn't expecting to happen and to be so good. WrestleMania 22, theme song by Peter Gabriel, big time. Nice. We saw that coming. Big uh, time. A hardcore match between Edge and Mick Foley. Oh, great match! Really good match. My um, my my second favorite Mick Foley WWE match. Randy Orton, the first one. Obviously, by last 2004. Yeah, uh, Mick has this great way of legitimizing people by hurting them in excruciating ways. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, yeah, he does. And he, he did it with Triple H at Royal Rumble 2000, um, did it with Randy Orton at Backlash 04, and then did it with Edge at this mania. At 22, yeah. He seems to take like little four-year gaps for fucking people up. By the way, I watched that mania recently, and you say about the Peter Gabriel song, Big Time, that was the thing. Um, so when they play it, Michael Cole goes, um, this song's available now. And it's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> it's been available <laughs> for like the last 20 years. <laughs> it was such a weird choice. Like, it worked. It stuck in my head forever. But yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Um, Edge versus Mick Foley. Edge and Mick Foley had, like, great chemistry in the ring. Um, their ECW stuff I thought was fantastic. The, yeah. the six-man match against, what was it? It was um, Edge... And Lita oh, the ECW against... thing, and Mick Foley against Terry Funk, Tommy Dreamer, and Bueller. Bueller, and when he counts the pin on Bueller and he humps the free count, is when I yeah. knew that that man was my idol forever. <laughs> he is truly my rated R superstar. <laughs> um, but but this match, what was the build up for this match? Was it? Um, he started calling him like a cuddly teddy bear, and he becomes soft yeah, to say weak. He become the dictator and uh, shit like that yeah so mick got annoyed about it and he brought out cactus 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 my daughter's getting married but all i can do is talk about myself cactus <laughs> uh terry funk ladies and gentlemen <laughs> so they do it into a street fight and when you hear wwe in street fight you presume there'll be a couple of chair shots and it will be you know maybe a thumbtack spot if we're lucky well, this is back in the good old days when um, when people were still um, concussing themselves with headshots. So it was sort of a different time to a degree. You, you ex- knew it was going to be a bit 
more. You weren't expecting the ECW levels of what you got, though. You weren't expecting anyone to go through a flaming fucking table. No, you weren't. Like, the opening bit, and this is one of my favourite things that Mick's ever done, because he comes out and he's wearing, like, the grey flannel, and he's looking a lot bigger. Yeah. Like, why is Mick looking so fat? I only saw him on TV like a week ago. <laughs> Jesus, who, who let him loose on the buffet? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Mick. So he, they, they start wrestling and then there's a couple of good, good shots and stuff and then Edge goes for the spear and he hits it and you think, oh, that's it. That's going to be a quick match. And then Edge starts writhing around in pain and you see blood kind of pouring out of his shoulder. And yeah. Mick rips off the flannel and has barbed wire wrapped around his, his chest. Do you know what that means? That means that Edge bladed his, arm yes that to me seems more horrible than blading your forehead right think about that's uh, 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 pulling that blade through your arm brutal absolutely brutal uh, just... but when he's just holding it looking at it oh nice noises well done yeah thanks. that was <laughs> the blood kissing out and he's just holding it and then you get like there's cookie sheets involved. There's cross side. Like when he puts the, the stop sign. That's why Mick was looking so fat. <laughs> he had all the cookies. Off the, <laughs> yeah. I need the sheets, Noel. I need the, sh- <laughs> I need them. And he puts the, um, the, uh, the stop sign by Edge's head and he does the running drop kick into it. I thought that the sounds that it made as well were, were yeah. amazing. Uh, Lita's in, Lita even takes some bumps. She takes a, a barbed wire Mr. Socko in the mouth. Yeah, she's um, she jumps on Mick in a piggyback position, and do you remember they sort of go over the top rope, and she definitely takes the brunt of oh, that. She ball. goes like coxic right onto the floor, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she, she looks fucking smoking, by the way, in this match. Super smoking, got to be said. Ridiculous, and um, especially when she gets like the bleeding lip. Is that weird? Uh, yeah, but I'm with you. Thanks, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then yeah, the, they they just kind of brutalize each other, and then there's the thumbtack spot, and Edge is like busted clear open. It, I think the, I I feel like this is a very quick match if I remember quickly. It's like uh, yeah, twelve no, to right. fifteen it's minutes. I think they don't they didn't get a big spot, but what they did with it was incredible. Um, I, um and we had um, Joey Mercury on commentary as well. Really? Yeah, he guest commentated for this match. I do not remember that. Yeah. That's weird. We get his "Oh my god!" with the oh, yes. table. Why did? Yeah, I was thinking of Joey Mercury. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this is why I was like so confused. I was like, why? <laughs> why is one half of Eminem out there <laughs> just hanging out? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> you get that. Oh my god! And then um, I think like Mick hits his knees. He does like that knee spot where he goes over the steel steps, which always oh, makes Jesus. me go. Mm. Yeah, um, but yeah, the final spot is um, Mick Foley lights. He douses the table on the outside in lighter fluid, and I remember at Backlash of Four, um, Eric Bischoff came out with his floppy sex fringe and was like, <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't. He was I'm like, back, <laughs> better than ever. <laughs> And he was like, you can't light that, Mick. They'll shut down the arena. And I was expecting the same kind of thing. But when Lita comes and she smacks Mick in the dick with the baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire, wrestling, and uh, (laughs) she lights the table on fire. And then Edge spears Mick Foley through in one of the sketchiest dives through the ropes I've ever seen because his leg gets caught up slightly. Oh, Jesus. There's a bit. So Foley lands on the table. The table goes out, thankfully. I'm not sure how they actually ensured that the table was going to go out. Mick had to eat a lot of cookies. 
the t- yeah. a lot of mass. But the way the table breaks means that there's basically burning hot table either side of Mick Foley. And you see him sort of roll to the left, but there's this hot table there. And then roll to the right and there's hot table there. And you just can't get away. Sounds like a and, song. Yeah. <laughs> stuck in the middle. <laughs> and, um, but he, so he's stuck there. And it's only like a second and a half. But I bet those second and a halves felt like fucking... 10 minutes to make Foley, do you know what I mean? Like, just stuck there with all that heat around you. Well, I remember seeing him, like, brushing off his arm, trying to, like... And then commentary's like, you can smell the burning hair and everything in the arena, and, like, Mick's just, like, trying to get his arm to not be on fire. Yeah. and then... Maybe there was something... Because they don't... They sort of rush him off at the end. Like, it feels like there should have been a Mick Foley sort of standing ovation for Mick sort of moment at the end of the match. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And him sort of, but it doesn't happen. They just sort of move along quite quickly. So I think they just wanted to get them in the back and get everyone checked as soon as possible. Well, definitely. Like you say Mick was in that, like Edge dove face first into fire. Mm. No matter how quickly that fire went out, he, his view was, oh, that's fire. There's my face. <laughs> Great. And then, With his long, long hair as well. Yeah. And I was like generally concerned for Edge because remember he was like, as he was leaving, obviously this is great selling on his part, but he's got the thumbtacks in him. His hair, his head's all bloody and he's on the ramp and he raises his arm and his right arm just won't stop shaking. Yeah. And his right and he's got eye. Blood in his eye. And he's got yeah. blood in his eye. Exactly. And he just looks in absolute state. And I kept like going online to see if he was like actually injured or if there's anything wrong with him. And yeah, it yeah. was just yeah, it was horrible. But like it was a brutal match. It really was brutal. You know, you made me laugh so much when you talked about uh, I still think about this sometimes and laugh when we were talking about the uh, Matt Hardy Edge storyline saying that you used to go on um, forums like Matt Hardy pro Matt Hardy forums and just like put like um, Edge is the best. Just like long <laughs> <run> away. <laughs> they got so funny. angry. This would be like on the official Matt Hardy forums, like his. Yeah, um... yeah. It's it's so you as well. I can just see you doing that. <laughs> Leaders a whore. Edge is the best for you guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, good times. I miss those days. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a brutal match that you did not expect to happen at WrestleMania, and yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, good. That's good. It. I love it. I love it too. I love it too. Um, it's my number two, isn't it? We've had no crossovers. I don't think we're going to. I think we might on this one. Please don't take my number one. You ready? No. This is WrestleMania 25. Oh, we're clear. Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. Now. Not on your list. Now. Neither of the Shawn Michael Undertaker matches are on my list. We watched this live together when we were young, young men. And I have never had more fun watching a wrestling match with you than this match. I feel really bad now. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you not agree? Have you enjoyed no. watching a match with me more? No, in all honesty, this, this match will always hold a very special place in my heart for being like a mate. Cause, but we've spoken about this match before that it doesn't age well i can watch back any of my five and go still be entertained i watch this match back and it's slightly tainted but i can i can put myself back in that place that i was when you and me watched it the first time when i rewatch it and that makes me enjoy it do you know what i mean that's true but um i know what you mean so nowadays everyone spams finishes to fuck so you know a match isn't over until someone hits their finisher at least twice but especially at wrestlemania but um it just wasn't the case back then and so 
seeing um, the amount of um, super kicks or last rides, tombstones, choke slams that were hit. Um, it's just it's a fantastic match, and it genuinely felt like Shawn Michaels could break the streak. It really did. Oh, 100%. And, and also, another great selling point of the match is Shawn Michaels has never been um, booked as this indestructible guy. Like, he's he's certainly not someone who keeps getting back up when he's put down. So that added to the fact that he was getting hit with so many finishes and he was kick- just about kicking out of everything because that's not always how Shawn Michaels is booked and that made it even more amazing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, completely. It was just just such a great match. Um, the um, dive over the top when the cameraman was supposed to catch Undertaker <laughs> he just last flat on his fucking head. Yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. That Oh man, when I just remember watching that with you and we were both like, oh, he's dead. Um, yeah. Who was that cameraman? I found out who he was recently. He was a wrestler in training and he was the son of someone. I want, I want to say Snooker. It was Tamina's brother, I think. That worked out well for him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, he was swiftly removed from the company after that. <laughs> But, Hand um, me your camera and hat. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> he left here in the ring like Taker did at Mania <laughs> <Yeah>. last year. <laughs> really emotional moment. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, everyone talks about this match as one of the greatest Mania matches ever. I, I just think it, it can't be touched. It's incredible. It, it really is something special. Um, I think it, because it is written down on my list. Actually, no. Shawn Michaels Undertaker WrestleMania 26 is written in my list. Really? I love the build up to 26. I rewatched a package the other day of the build up to it and Sean's obsession of getting to face the Undertaker where he's like, no. And then he enters the Royal Rumble with the sole purpose of winning. One of my favorite Royal Rumbles as well. And then yeah. the final bit where he says to him, face me Undertaker. Undertaker goes, okay, I accept. And as Sean's leaving the ring, he goes on one condition. And when he says, put your career on the line, it was like, oh, okay. So we're not fucking around anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either Shawn Michaels is done or the street dies. There's a great moment in that um, 26 match as well. This is so Shawn. And um, so I read this. I've got his He released a book a couple of years ago about um, Christianity and that, which I just bought because I'm a Shawn Michaels mark and I'll buy anything he does. And um, he talks about this match. The, the book sort of starts with this match, him retiring. And he says that he was really happy that in his final ever match, he managed to do a move that he'd never done before, which he does. He does the um, Isai moonsault um, to the outside onto the table, puts Taker through the table by doing an Isai moonsault. Do you remember? Oh, yes. Yeah. Bounces off the middle rope. And he'd never done that before in his career. Only Shawn Michaels could do in his retiring match pull out an amazing move that he's never done before that's ridiculous yeah it's insane and his i I just love his defiant finish where he 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 echoed a kind of rick flair who's like just do it um and it yeah just oh yeah he slaps him in the face yeah like defiant to the end i thought like that's how and that is the best tombstone the biggest tombstone after sean slaps him in the face and the look on taker's face and then he just picks up um sean michael's and jumps into the tombstone. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. Just like jumps, so dangerous. <laughs> this like fuck died, it, it's the last bump. Yeah, but if if you're gonna take a bump that might paralyze you, it might as well be your last. It's one. true. But like that's just that was just so great for Sean's character. He's like he got to the point where he's like, I can't beat him. I just cannot beat him. So 
screw you, I'm going out as I came in, coked up, and I don't care. And it was just, it was... <laughs> I don't care, Jack! It was just, ah, oh, incredible. WrestleMania 26 is great. My my main, I don't know if it's a criticism, but like I always found it kind of weird. You know when he goes for, I feel like they just stalled it a little too long. He goes for the moonsault and Undertaker catches him and hits the tombstone. Yeah. I always feel like the timing was slightly off on that bit. Like ta- really? Taker was up way. I I don't know. It's weird. With with respect, match. Have you ever Max? <laughs> have you ever um, tried to catch a man like he's backflipping towards you? <laughs> well, yes, and yes, catch I have. them upside down. No, like, no. I, I, like this isn't. I, when you actually think of the logistics of it, it doesn't look like a very easy thing to no, do. No, it, it's not criticism. Like I, I feel like it's just something that kind of I don't know weirdly kind of throws me out of the match. But I guess it makes sense in the in terms of like. Undertaker knew it was coming because he does the gesture of like "come on" and then he catches him and does it. Come on, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it makes sense, but it was just something that kind of niggles at me. But you're right. Watching that match with you, um, we were so it was such a great. It was no way. I'm thinking of WrestleMania 22. WrestleMania 25 was an okay pay per view, but when we got to that match, by the end of it. So we were only about two feet away from your TV at the time. By the end of it, I remember holding your hand and you were holding my hand and we were standing <laughs> over the TV, just like, what's going on? And is that when I put yeah. the dent in your ceiling? Yeah. So we were watching it in, um, the, the only big telly in my house back then was in my cellar, oddly. So um, me and Max would always watch wrestling in my cellar or my parents' cellar, I suppose it would be. And we had a very low ceiling. So, yeah, when the finish came and you just said, yeah, just punch the ceiling so hard. But you ended up putting a dent, dent in the ceiling, um, but yes, which, uh, which is probably still there today. My parents don't own that house anymore, but um, I'm sure it's still there. I put two dents in that ceiling. I did it for um, Shawn Michaels and then we were having a band practice. Oh, with your bass. We were taking like, and then I smacked my bass into the ceiling. Yeah, well. I remember. Yeah, you were rocking out too hard. <laughs> too hardcore, man. <laughs> And when we broke the lamp having a wrestle all down there. We did. And there was video footage of that, wasn't there? Um, there was. At the time, because we filmed ourselves um, wrestling. Um, they, they were great videos. And it just sounds like a little murder dome. We were downstairs in the <laughs> cellar, just wrestling, filming each other shirtless. God, the, the filth that happened in that cellar. Um, <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, God, if those walls could talk. Um, <laughs> it's like Fritz all down there. Um <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, um, yeah, those those wrestles that we used to do and film with Aaron as well. He he wasn't even a wrestling fan. He just liked fighting, didn't he? So we just, <laughs> he just, we just, we just so like me and Jesse would like fake with each other. Aaron, we were just properly like pedigree facing <laughs> the floor, and he'd be like, "Yeah, come on." Yeah, it's like, oh, that was good, Aaron. Good wrestling. He's like, "What's a wrestling?" <laughs> we're busted lips. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, memories, childhood memories. Anyway, my number two, of course, is going to be from WrestleMania 17. Mm-hmm. How could it not be? Do you know what it's going to be? Mania 17. Um... Oh, it's not hard. Come on. So this is the match that turned this. So WrestleMania 17, as I've documented, was my first WrestleMania and like my first wrestling event that I properly watched. This match and who was in it cemented my love for wrestling. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so TLC2, Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys with interference from Rhino, Lita, and Spike Dudley. One of the greatest non-wrestling matches to ever take place <laughs> in the history of the world. Absolute spot fest. Ah, oh, spots everywhere. <laughs> it was amazing. Spot so my teenage years. Oh, it was fantastic. Like... A WrestleMania 2000 was good, but that was a triangle ladder match. It wasn't TLC. TLC happened at SummerSlam, if memory serves me correctly. Yes. Um, but TLC 2 was just something else. You're right. It was pure spot fest. It was no wrestling. Oh, that's fine. It was, it was men hitting men with ladders, setting up ridiculous tape. Like the final, one of the final spots where it's Bubba Ray Dudley and Matt Hardy and they go through. So there's three tables and then two tables. So five tables in total stacked on top of each other. And they're on the big 20-foot ladder going for the tag team titles. And someone comes and pushes the ladder. And they leap off and dive through this, like, stack of card tables. Yeah. Just insane. And then Jeff Hardy jumping off a 20-foot ladder through two people. Ah, oh, It's amazing. I, I was so into the Hardys back then as well. Like I just thought they were the coolest thing in the world. And um, this match did nothing to deter me from that thought. But... Um, it's yeah, um, great match. I love the um, craziness of the interferences, like the fact yeah, that right. Rhino Lita and um, Spike Dudley ran out just made the match seem chaotic, but in a really cool way. Um, well, I uh, think that was Lita... the cool bit. They each team had their own little mascot. Yeah. Obviously, Lita with the Hardys, Spike with the Dudleys, and then Rhino with Edge and Christian. Yeah, um, Spike hits a wicked um, Dudley dog, doesn't he? Um, is that to the outside for yes. the table on Christian? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the Dudley dog. That was a great move. And, it was. Um, what else happens? Um, Lita gets speared hard um, by Edge um, on the outside, doesn't he? In a sort of metaphor for what they get up to in a couple of years. <laughs> that was the start of it. That's what awoken yeah. <laughs> in there. She's like, oh, that's what I'm into. Okay. I'm, I'm down with that. And then you had, uh, what was it? Yeah, because Rhino was going to help Christian win the title by putting him on his Piggy shoulder. Back, yeah. And, yeah, and then, because Lita comes in, she does a Hurricane Rhino off the top rope and immediately takes her shirt off. Yeah. And, Perfect. I'm, I'm sorry, but, but, yeah, sorry. But, it's, yeah, I mean, she takes her shirt off, which is hot. She nails a Hurricane Rhino perfectly. That, it just looks awesome. Just, like, she she did so much for my adolescent years. Thank you, Lita. I love you. <laughs> Oh, lover. Um, and yeah, just, a, it was just a stupid spot first match, but it goes down as one of the most famous WrestleMania matches of all time. And rightfully so. Like, I don't know anyone who hasn't really watched this match because it's just so fun. And you talk about the most iconic WrestleMania image, which get, got played and played again. Like, Jeff Hardy's hanging from oh, yeah. the, um, titles. Edge climbs up a 20 foot ladder and spears them to the floor. And you look how long that drop is. Yeah. Yeah, it's they mad. They fall forever. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, crazy. hell. But and, bad and bump for both guys. I remember Jeff messes at one spot. He was meant to tightrope three ladders, yes. which I don't understand how you're physically meant to do that without someone holding it. But the first one goes, second one goes, he drops it, and then he just climbs up and does it anyway. But the recovery was good. The recovery was good for how he did it. I feel like a Jeff Hardy match isn't a Jeff Hardy match without him fucking up something. Like, yeah. every match he fucks up something, doesn't he? But it's okay because of the style of what he's doing. It's like, there's there's no way everything was going to work out. Yeah. You how, sort of allow it with Jeff. How any of them didn't end up Dead. dying in that yeah. match. Yeah. 
the stuff that they they put themselves through, like I know that they would like the young up and comers and stuff, but they were in a ladder match every like three months at that point, or a table match, or or something ridiculous was happening. Yeah, and they had, they'd have to and the pressure they had on them to sort of one up it each time as well, and it's like Gee, you you guys are truly going to kill yourselves. Yeah, because this had never been seen before, like ladders, tables, chairs. That was that was pretty much a new <laughs> oh concept that would happen. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was just something that hadn't been done before. So yeah, as you say, to up the ante every time, you they must have just been like, "Do we have to? Can yeah, we, can we break up now? <laughs> yes, you do have to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> die for our sins." <laughs> so I can't say much more about this match. Like I'm very well aware that all of you listening to this have watched this match. If you haven't. It's very easy to find and it's worth a watch. It's a spot fest brilliance between six of the best, um, what would be wrestlers to, to ever wrestle, uh, wrestle, 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 wrestle. You can, and you can show this match to people that don't like wrestling and everyone enjoys it as well. Cause it's just, just so mad. It's just a great match. Yeah, exactly. So I think my friend, we have officially done it where we have no crossovers of our favorite WrestleMania matches. Amazing. Was that, was that your, that was your number one, was it? That was my number two. Your number two. Okay. Um, so now it's my number and one. I know what your number one is. You know what my number one is? My number one, um, didn't actually happen, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, it did. It was a one on one match. Oh yeah. Sorry. It's, um, uh, WrestleMania 20, the main event. It's, uh, redacted Chris Benoit against Shawn Michaels and Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship in... Step up to me, step up to me, you want to be a big time player, it's not to be... Carry on. What the fuck was that? That's not the song that was, um... That was oh, for it was Yeah, okay. Yeah, you've been living on the edge, edge of a broken dream. dream. Yeah. Never yeah. gonna stop. Ain't never gonna drop. Ain't no different than what the fuck. And you'll face them. That sounded like Donald Trump is there, Stone Cold Steve Austin, though. <laughs> Go on, Stone Cold. Do the announcement. Do the announcement. In a triple threat match. That was his. Um, that was his RV. That was doing the. <laughs> that was his RV ramping up. <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. Um, yeah, just the culminate. Obviously, um, as the um, WWE official encyclopedia um, in their entry of Chris Benoit very um, artfully put it. They say um, future events would forever change the perception of this moment. But at the time, it was a culmination of a well-loved professional's long journey through professional wrestling. That's quite and, sweet. Yeah. And I think they did a good job um, describing that. And that's what it was. At the time, seeing Chris Benoit get anointed with this main event win was just amazing for me as a lifelong Benoit fan as well just absolutely amazing plus this was right in the thick of Triple H's reign of terror where it's easy to go back and watch it now knowing that Triple H loses and going of course Benoit's going to win the story's pointing to Benoit winning but at the time Triple H look at the year before with Booker T Triple H would just win all the time when it didn't make any sense for him to win he would continue to win so there was a very real feeling that Triple H would just retain. <laughs> that I, saw, would have been awful. I saw a Reddit post today that I swear you, you had written because it was just, just a comment of like, Triple H should not be forgiven for beating Booker T. No. And that was he, just it. That was the statement. And I, everyone was like, yes, wow, yeah, dad. I completely but, agree. 
I know we all but love him now. Fucking Daddy Triple H with his NXT Daddy and H. stuff. Yeah, but, and NXT's great and all that. But sorry, Triple H, we don't forget. We don't forget that long period when you buried no, he, everyone else just like, to make sure you that you were safe. If you weren't watching at that time, it made Raw unwatchable. This is why SmackDown did so well, because it was just unbearable to watch Triple H win and win and win. Yeah. And WrestleMania 20, there was like there was no doubt that Triple H was going to like go over. Not like, oh, I can't even talk. Not only did he lose, but he tapped out. Triple H tapping out of WrestleMania. Yeah. To, yeah, and... um yeah, this era of Triple H was horrible. He was trying to be Ric Flair because he was wearing the suits Ugh. and stuff. But the reason Ric Flair got over like that is because Ric Flair was like quite a good looking dude when he was younger and not bloated. And <laughs> so Triple H is like this ugly big nosed man who a couple of years ago was wearing leather jackets and listening to Motorhead and shit. And now all of a sudden he's like the fifth horseman. It's like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. It was stupid. But he's, he's definitely somewhat that. Is like a fine wine. He gets better as he gets older. Trips, yeah, yeah. He's actually a better looking dude now than he was back then. I think. Yeah. But, but um, the great so part of being terrified that Triple H was going to win this match was the finish, as you say. He taps out to Chris Benoit, but before that, so um, Benoit throws Shawn Michaels over the top rope um, and has got his back to Triple H, who is getting ready to pedigree Benoit. Benoit turns around, gets kicked in the stomach, set up for the pedigree. They go as far as Triple H bends his knees and starts the jump. Do you remember? And it's like yes, the last to push, second yeah. that Benoit twists out and gets him into the crossface. And it's like that add extra bit, that extra fact that he just about starts the jump had my heart in my mouth. I was like, this is it. Oh, fuck. He's hit the pedigree. But they just timed it perfectly and got it into that. And then I the roll, the was... roll through uh, when yeah, he tries to roll the... through and it's still in the cross face. The whole Amazing. of that finish was incredible. Like Sean's taken out the outside, as you say, he goes to the pedigree jump, takes him down, and then the roll through still holding on, and then Triple H scratching at the hands. Yeah, he's he's scratching, he's panicking, he's panicking, and he just and he taps. Like I, I love the panic scratch. That was just such a cool, like little added bit that they just can't hold on anymore. I love that so good. matches. So good. Um, JR's losing his voice. And, uh, which I think, uh, Michael Cole, uh, WrestleMania 19, you know, Brock Kurt, um, yes. Michael Cole was, lo- Michael Cole was losing his voice at the end of that mania as well. And I think when you're sort of hear your announcer losing their voice and just screaming out passion, it just adds so much more to moments as well. Yeah. And when they're just, JR was doing JR, obviously we can't, they can't talk about it now, but I would say it's the call of JR's career. Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit's 18-year odyssey has come true, and all of that when he's screaming that when Benoit wins. It was I like think the, that's um, some of the finest work JR's ever done. It was our era's the boyhood dream has come true yeah. for Shawn Michaels. It exactly, was, it was that kind of cool, and it was yeah, just JR is finally, finally, my God, finally, Chris Benoit can say I won the heavyweight championship of the world at WrestleMania 20, and all of that, just so good. Yeah, it's uh, the, the the match itself. Like the amount of blood that, especially Sean and Triple H get on them as well. Oh is... god! And we get the classic Triple H blood spot as well, which we both three he used to be able to do a really good impression of it when oh, he's, he's just, on when he's knees, on his he's... knees, <laughs> blowing raspberries. Yeah, and he just starts blowing raspberries like into his own chest as blood's pouring down him. It's ridiculous. 
Oh, amazing. And and the bill like we've documented this so many times on the podcast that you're probably fast forwarding at this point. Um but winning the Royal Rumble, the jump over to Raw, which was unheard of at the time. Yeah. And um Shawn Michaels signing the contract, entering himself into the match as well. It, it, there was just so many great aspects of this that just it made it like it was a no great doubt. Build. There was no doubt that was going to be the main event of WrestleMania. I it can was watch just... this man. I can watch um, the Raw after the Raw Rumble when Benoit appears on Raw, all the way up to Mania. Is just like episodically, it's just great storytelling the whole way through. It's brilliant. It's gonna be me, not you. <laughs> super kick, head bubble, love it. Great, yeah, great sell on that super kick. Fantastic. Yeah, and I think that's what's key when it comes to your number one WrestleMania match that you can just go back and watch it and watch it and watch it and it just makes you very happy. So I could like I could just close my eyes and watch it. I've watched it so many times that it's just like burned in my brain. I can just what I know every spot in order is ridiculous. Like how many times I've watched that and I'm still not bored of it. <laughs> you could do commentary on it better than them at this point. <laughs> yeah, I feel like so. that's the case. Yeah. Um not a surprise there, Jesse. Not a surprise at all that that's your number one match. Absolutely not. Not at all. Um you don't know what mine's gonna be, do you? Um No, I don't. Um your number one WrestleMania match of all time. <sighs> um Brett Sean? No, no, because that no. would annoy you. It would annoy um, me. It does involve Brett. This is one of the matches that made me just adore Brett and was like, yep, he's he's definitely one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. WrestleMania 13, Brett Hart, ah, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Of course. Un- in a submission match. Unbelievable. And With Ken his- Shamrock as guest referee. Yeah. In weird, some very right? tight shorts. <laughs> very tight shirt as well. Yes. uncomfortable makes me uncomfortable <laughs> um so I, i've been racking my brain as to like what is my favorite wrestlemania match of all time and i was i was like i don't know and then i was like of course it's this one this is like the most pivotal moment in wrestling really you know it's the double turn it's the some it's cemented stone cold steve austin as the the baby face the the, the alternative baby face bret hart as a heel it was such a stupidly important match when it seemed such an odd concept. Like, well, Brett was all like, Brett was supposed to be in the main event. It was supposed to be the Brett Sean rematch, wasn't it? But then Sean lost his smile and ran away. And yeah. Um, and then they tried to do it with Taker, but he ended up fighting Sid. And yeah, yeah, they just kind of like the, the build between the two was great because obviously Austin won King of the Ring, which started the, the Austin rise to power. Um, and led to them having a fantastic match at Survivor Series. Like, if you haven't seen the 96 Survivor Series match between the two, Hart yes, goes brilliant. over Austin. An incredible match. Um, wonderful, wonderful. Do you remember, um, Vince stands up yes. from commentary, doesn't he, and shakes <laughs> Brett's hand, and he's like, amazing, just amazing. Just brilliant, brilliant. Um, and then it continues to the Royal Rumble, where, um, it comes down to the final two. Hart eliminates Austin from the match, but it was unofficial because the officials didn't see it. And he comes back in and uh, eliminates him and wins. And then there's a championship match where he costs him the title against Psycho Sid. And it, oh, it's just the build-up is so good. Now, the thing that's... I always used to watch this match because it was the iconic image. So, growing up, they used to talk about old matches and give you history lessons on SmackDown. They didn't ignore history. They used to talk about matches and iconic moments 
during yeah, modern like wrestling. Yeah. yeah, like little flashbacks and rewinds and previews. And the one they always talked about was Austin never passed out. Uh, sorry, Austin never tapped out. Austin passed out yeah. from, from the sharpshooter, which is the iconic end. He's got blood dripping down his face and he taps out. Now, I've gone back and watched that match. I've watched it many times because I think it's great. Then they released a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin doing commentary on it, which gives you oh, a right. whole nother love for this match. It's Is that on Austin's podcast that he did that? Um, it's a, yes, and I think someone's laid it over. He actually watches the match and does commentary throughout the match, pointing stuff out. Oh, it's cool. I'd love to see that. Really fun to watch. And recently, uh, Edge and Christian just had on their podcast a match dissection with Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Amazing. And it made me love this match even more. Like yeah, hearing them two talk about it and going into it. And apparently Austin didn't want to go babyface. He wanted to slowly build it. And Brett was like, sorry, but you're just, it's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, Brett wasn't sure if the whole anti USA thing was going to work. And they, and Austin hated the idea of doing a submission match. He was like, why the hell am I in a submission match? I'm a brawler. Yeah. The anti-American okay. stuff. I know we've talked about it before. My favorite thing of 97 was that, the whole yeah. um, Canadian stuff. It was like real life acting. It was Brecht, wasn't it? Like yeah. Brechtian drama. Both of them didn't think it would work, but it, it cemented them as Brecht legends. The heart. <laughs> it just made them the legends that they are now. You know, yeah. I feel like this match is so important for the history of wrestling. It's just ridiculous. Um, one thing I didn't know that I learned from listening to the podcast was um, blood wasn't allowed at the time. So Vince yes, was under yeah. a lot of pressure from the toy companies to have no blood and it was meant to be very PG like it is now. So they they were told that the finish is going to be um, Steve passing out in the ring. And he was like, I don't know, that seems like a bit of a weak spot. I don't really like the idea of that. Brett takes Stone Cold aside and says, we need to add colour to it. It's the only way it's going to look good is if we add colour to it. And yeah, and it does. It, yeah. It makes the moment so much... It, it, would, would, it still would have been good without blood, but it wouldn't have been anywhere near as epic. No, it added to it. So they said that they had to hide it. So Stone Cold couldn't do the blade job, and this is like only the second time that Austin's ever bladed in his whole career, he said. So yeah. He was quite nervous about it. And Brett said, do you, I will do it for you. And Austin went, okay, you do it for me. So Brett bladed Austin in this match. And they talk about where it happens. Where they're fighting on the outside. He throws him into the ring, um, in, into the hockey boards, as they say. And he mm. eats it so hard that it would look like he got busted open for real. And right. when he comes over, Brett just quickly, whoop, you don't even oh, see really? him. Just quickly Amazing. cuts him. And then that's, and Vince had no, Vince apparently backstage went, what happened? Did, did you blade? And they went, no, it was, it was the hard way. And he went, okay. Yeah. And I had no idea that they did it. And that was just Amazing. brilliant. And then they that's... just. Sorry, go on. No, no, go on, go on. Um, I was just going to say that's something the network should do, right? Just put up loads of classic matches and get sort of director's commentary on them from the wrestlers involved. How cool oh, would that be? It's fascinating. Like I've been listening to this podcast. It's about two hours long. Um, obviously they're going to tell the story a lot better than I am. So go and listen to, to this episode where they do the match dissection and also on YouTube. I'll actually post a YouTube link, uh, later to show Austin doing the commentary on the match as well. Nice. Cause that's, that's really interesting. Cause I love that stuff. Yeah. Like, me as too. much as you know about wrestling or watch wrestling, just the, the little things that they talk about and you just go, eh? 
I, mean, <laughs> I, I didn't even notice that. I didn't even New see options. that happen. Yeah, yeah it's, in, it's incredible. So I, I just think it's not only one of the most entertaining matches, because even though it's a submission match, it's pretty much a hardcore match as well. Yeah. So they go at it each other. It was weird that Stone Cold was in a submission match in the first place. Well, this is what threw him off so much, apparently. He was like, why? And then yeah. they they went at each other from the start, and it all started brawling out the outside, and then Brett starts working on the injured knee of Stone Cold, um, and starts taking him out. Uh, the best thing about the podcast is how excited Christian gets. He just becomes like a little fanboy. <laughs> he just can't stop himself. Um, and yeah, just the way they worked the match. And then you got like, do you remember when he wrapped the cord around Brett's neck and he's like trying yeah, to yeah, choke yeah. Brett and he hits him with the ring bell? And then the scrappy finish to get into the sharpshooter. It's honestly, I, I can't think of a better WrestleMania match. It is absolutely perfection. It shows why Brett's as good as he is. It shows why Stone Cold was going to get into the position he got. It was just unbelievable as a, yeah, as a wrestling I agree. match. Great match. And we get that great um, Stone Cold entrance with the glass literally shattering. Literally shattering. Down, which is yeah. um, shown in highlight videos all the time, isn't yeah. it? It's great. And they said they didn't change their style because they didn't really know that the double turn was going to happen then. It was meant to be like the following night. But and yeah. they said that they wrestled their style. They didn't change their style up at all, really. Um, but they just slowly metamorphosized into it. And then there was the bit where... Stone Cold's in the ring and they start chanting, Austin, Austin. And he says, I looked at the crowd to acknowledge it. I didn't nod and I didn't shake my head. I just looked at them to acknowledge it. And Brett, when he's walking back, a guy flips him off and Brett stops and flips him off back. And that's all <laughs> they needed to do to do that double turn. And that's yeah. brilliant. No, it's great. You're right. Yeah, it's perfect. Love it. So, uh, yes, those are our top five WrestleMania matches. And good God, did we pick Not some one doozies? Yeah, I'm amazed that we didn't have a crossover. I know, right? I've had, we have a subjective taste when it comes to WrestleMania, it seems. We do. I quite like that. Yeah. Um, ten solid matches. If you've never seen any of them, uh, you know that there's a little thing called the WWE Network. If you subscribe today, you can get a free pay-per-view that might be happening this Sunday. Who knows? Hello. Hello. Um, doing their job for them. So, should we now feel... Should we feel the energy from the Got Till Five universe? See what they want to. Yeah, do it. See what they want to. It's wanna all yeah. About. I'm all the balls in your court. I'm building this because it's still loading. So let's. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did. We we asked them. You asked them, didn't you? What did you say? What are your favorite WrestleMania matches of all time and why? And I bet no one told you why, did they? There are so many people. Did why don't people tell me why? Tell why? me why. Tell, tell me, me why. Um, get, yeah, they just go, oh, take your edge or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. Why? And th they never get back to me. It's true. Um, I'll read the ones that actually gave reasons, Dan. Um, yeah, thank you. The other ones can die. Die. Fate of Black Sun says that Angles Michaels at WrestleMania 21 was simply the best match bout to bout in Mania history. And Michaels doing the job cleanly to a bad guy was a legitimate surprise. It's That's fair. Great match. Really is a, like, an underrated, kind of forgotten. Five star classic that one, yeah. Angle no, it's great. Lesnar WrestleMania 19. In my opinion, the best main event in WrestleMania history. The only marred by a single botch that prevented the match being an all time classic. Even then, the match is amazingly good and a great first outing and one of the best feuds in WWE. Yeah, um, I that match was very nearly in my list actually. Um, it's a close one. I feel like the botches do hurt it, but it is a well, it is a definite classic. If he'd hit that shooting star press. It would have gone down, but we know he can yeah. hit them. 
like he did the OVW training where he did. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. There's really grainy footage on YouTube of him doing it in like a dark match on Raw as well. Yeah. Um, from before, and like he sort of floats through the air. It's really bizarre. You know how Bubba Ray Dudley bumps? Like he sort of floats in an odd way that it's no one else right? does. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's beautiful. And that's what Brock Lesnar does when he does his shooting South Press as well. Just sort of moves in slow motion through the air. It's strange. And finally from Fade to Black Sun, Hogan Rock WrestleMania 18. Best crowd ever. Impossible to watch, not feel something. This was a Hogan match in my list, everyone. I had a Hogan match in my list. See, this is interesting. And watch this match on mute and it's hot trash, right? Yeah. But... Um, but it is all about the way the crowd are responding to it that make this match amazing. The thing that's great, and someone posted this the other day, everyone in that arena suddenly decides to become a kayfabe kid fan again. Whether they're eight years old or 50 years old in that arena, they go, you know what? I'm suspending my disbelief. Hogan and The Rock, I'm just going to have a great time. Yeah. And they just make it. It's incredible. Um, yeah, absolutely. Next is that guy from Baltimore. You know that guy. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Uh, yeah. He picked two matches, and he goes into detail. WrestleMania 3, Savage Steamboat, and Hogan Andre. So, two of his most favorite matches of all time, and what got me hooked into wrestling as a 10-year-old, which I think a lot of people did. Uh, Savage, and Steamboat, uh, Savage and Steamboat told such a story in a match, and it was a great match, obviously. Hogan and Andre was the match period. It's not a five-star match, but no other match was as big as then, at least to me. And you talk about best WrestleMania matches. Those two always get man- mentioned. Yeah, they do. Um, I mean, I was too young to watch that them as they happened. And watching them now, I don't get the nostalgia feel and don't particularly enjoy them either. <laughs> but um, but that's because I wasn't alive when they happened, you know. But um, it's but I can understand why. I mean, there's plenty of matches that we love that, as we've talked about, you know, that um, don't necessarily hold up today. But because we watched them when we were kids, we absolutely love them. Exactly, exactly. And then he says, Savage Warrior from WrestleMania 7. Macho really knew how to work a good story into a match. The whole career versus career, Liz at ringside, Warrior questioning why he couldn't put away Savage, and then finally did so in the end. Then the after-match events where Sherry turns on Macho. Tears and eyes, children. Tears and eyes. Only to have Liz come to the rescue, save him, and they reunite. I mean, WWE has never done a more beautiful moment than that, I think. It's touching. It makes my willy soft. Um, <laughs> so there's one in here where someone says, WrestleMania 22, Edge versus McFoley, and you just comment, and why? <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Screw your opinion. <laughs> it's really, it's really annoys me. Why don't they tell me why? Um, they that's funny. Like, I forgot I did that. God, someone writes a novel. I'm not reading all of them out. They haven't explained why. <laughs> someone puts genuine effort in and you're like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> it's far too long. <laughs> well, it's basically repeating whatever we said. You know, it's all the same. Um, and then someone says, Batista versus Taker at WrestleMania 23. My favorite of the 2007 SmackDown era. Both were very dominant going into the match, and the match lived up to my expectations. That match completely overperformed. It was great. It really did. It really did. Um, quickly onto our um, Twitter fan base. There's enough of them, so we should probably acknowledge when they talk to us. Would <laughs> probably be a good idea, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, well, it's not loading. So, do you want to talk about the Undertaker Batista match a little bit more? Uh, yeah, it was good because um, Batista, Batista was 
like just so hot at that time like just such a massive star and clearly the office were behind him. <laughs> I'm everything. sorry. Well, I did not see that you tweeted earlier that doing a bit of research for the top five WrestleMania matches and you hashtagged Roman is a wank pheasant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to turn that into a popular hashtag. That's amazing. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, um, Broadcast Podcast got in touch saying Austin Rock at WrestleMania 17. And Michael's Y2J at WrestleMania 19. I had them in my, um, last, last, um, underrated, underrated. job. Yeah. Uh, Steve, who will be guesting on next week, don't forget, says Bam Bam Bigelow versus Lawrence Taylor at WrestleMania. Like, Salt and Pepper performing LT's entrance was an added bonus. I think Steve, um, has niche taste. <laughs> He does. <laughs> um, and my favourite answer from all of these was, uh, oh no, Richie replied as well. Richie really loved. Oh nice. Um, oh Richie with the, the drug guy with the amazing Hogan and Macho impression. Yeah, with the Filipino wife. Yes, but he couldn't do. Um, he couldn't do Stone Cold. Could, could he? he couldn't do a Stone Cold. It's okay. Leave that to the pros. Come on, Richie. Um, and then Aaron commented that the gimmick battle royale at WrestleMania 17, obviously, obviously. Obviously, Iron with Sheet going on commentary, over. no less. Oh, amazing, amazing! Iron Sheet, go- Iron Sheet, winning because he was um, too old and decrepit to take a bump. So, so they were like, "Oh, fuck it, yeah, he just wins then. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't have to go over the top rope." Classic Sheik, classic Sheik. Well, uh, we didn't talk about wrestling, and we were hoping to shorten down our podcast, but we just hit an hour and forty minutes. So, uh, it's not. It's we haven't. What's happened? <laughs> we just talk shit for oh, even man. longer now. For even yeah. longer. Oh, well. So, um, it is what it is. Thanks for lasting. Love you all for bits. Uh, we'll be back technically next week on that podcast where we'll be reviewing WrestleMania, which may or may not have happened this week. You will never yeah, know. Yeah, everyone listen to that podcast. That podcast next week. It's amazing. And we're looking forward to guesting again. We're going to take that second trophy of, yeah, whatever. And then we'll be back in two weeks post WrestleMania, which may or may not be happening. And <laughs> we're going to pick a top five by doing a Twitter poll. I think that's fair, isn't it, Jess? Yeah, that's fair. That's our style, and it seems to work well. Because we're lazy and we can't think of our own ideas, and you get to pick them. No, we think... No, you always say that, but it's not... We actually... When we do a Twitter poll, we're thinking of four or five ideas, and they're voting on them, so we're actually working hard. You're very right, actually. I'm sorry. Please forgive. I forgive, please forgive. today. Um, please, if you like this episode, subscribe. It's, <laughs> please! please. It's, I'm, I'm begging you at this point. No, if, if you did enjoy this episode, please subscribe. We 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 take the piss out of you, but we do really like you listening. Um, share it around. Tell your friends. Uh, go on to the brand new shiny website, www.gottill5.com. Has all the links. Rate and review on iTunes. Yeah. That is... Honestly, that is the most important one. Yeah, we got that zooms us straight up there, dude. We got like ten five star ratings. I'm getting really nervous that we're going to get a four or a three soon, and it's it's kind of scary. I know. A little bit. And and it makes a massive difference when people actually write something as well. So actually write sort of a sentence, just saying it makes it makes this, a big difference to Jesse's penis. It makes no difference whatsoever. No, it does. It does <laughs> no, make it a difference. Does. It makes a difference to the charge. See, I'll destroy you. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, go to gottill5.com. All the links are there to subscribe, tweet, YouTube. There, there's all sorts on there. Um, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy whatever wrestling event might be happening when you're listening to this podcast. And, um, we're really enjoying this. Time. We're nowhere in Timeless. time. Uh, 
Uh, thank you, Jesse, for that wonderful top five. Oh, thank you, Max, for yours. Uh, I mean, now, with the help of you, I now have a top ten. Oh, that's so sweet. And we'll be back together in two weeks' time, baby. Yeah, we will. Okay. I love you, Max. I love And I you. love all our listeners. And I love our listeners, too. Stay classy, everybody. And we'll... What's our sign-off now? Uh, oh, God, we we had a new one. Do, uh, was it Later Days, like the Weekenders yeah. used to say? There's a brilliant cartoon called The Weekenders. Um, yeah, people should find that because it's funny and underrated Disney cartoon, I think. Uh, yeah, Later Days! Later Days! You have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five.